Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Mm. Time now for So You Think You're an Adult. Barbara and Declan Jonas once again. Good afternoon to you both. Hello. Hello. Hello, you're both here and uh, are primed for the first good one of the day. My wife and I have been married for 10 years. Our sex life has become rather routine and pedestrian over the past two to three years. She recently suggested that we watch an erotic movie and try dirty talk. I love her very much, so despite my reluctance, I agreed to try it. Watching the movie was absolutely grand as we laughed most of the way through it, but she seems to have really taken to the dirty talk and does it a lot now, but I personally find it excruciating. She kept asking me to try and I kept falling at the last hurdle. Last week, I tried it for the first time, but she said I made it sound agricultural. <laughs> I was put off by it. Now, <laughs> now, I'm too embarrassed to try it again. She seems to have lost her libido. Really? I, I, I'm really worried that I've messed everything up. Is there anything I can do uh, to help me with this kind of thing? Uh, uh, so, Barbara, I don't know what agricultural dirty talk is. <laughs> yeah, I love this letter. I just think this letter is brilliant. And I mean... I I have all kinds of pictures in my head as to how his dirty talk ended up being agricultural. But anyway, parking that there for a moment. Um, like, like, listen, you know, talking dirty like most things that, that might be considered a bit kind of like off-piste when it comes to sex only works if both of you are into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you aren't into it, the letter writer, well then that's fine and you haven't messed anything up at all. I would just say to your wife, look, the dirty talk doesn't work for me. I can't do it. I feel awkward and it doesn't turned me on and so you kind of not chalk that up to try that and it didn't work and you move on and I mean the fact that you did agree and you, you both had down I mean you describe it as an erotic movie I don't know if it was an erotic movie or porn but one way or the other um you know you tried it and it was okay even though you both laughed and I'm not sure if that was the desired um outcome uh that your wife perhaps wanted but I think it shows that you're open to trying things. And I think that if, if you want to kind of um, if you want to kind of ramp up your sex life a little bit and stop it from getting a bit pedestrian, as you said, and, and kind of boring, that's, you know, the idea is to try other things. Um, but and whatever that is, I mean, that could be, I don't know, it could be role play or it could be fantasies or it could be moving sex out of the bedroom or just generally being more spontaneous. Um, but I think that your biggest problem, let Mr. Letter Writer here, is thinking that you've messed something up and that this is all down to you. It's mm. not. Um, and, you know, it. as I said, things like this only work if both of you are into Can I just tell you one very quick, like, funny story? Uh, I decided a few years ago, somebody, a friend of mine was talking about sexting, right? And how it had really added a bit of up into their sex life, sending dirty messages to each other. Mm. So one night, Sherwood and I were sitting on the sofa either ends of the sofa and I thought I'll give this a shot so I sent I sent him I sent him what I thought was a, a raunchy text message right and he's sitting at the other end of the sofa and his phone goes bing bing with a text and he picks it up and he'd no glasses and he squinted at it and then he handed it to me and said here will you read that I can't read it it's not a lot of <laughs> things that don't is... always work <laughs> good tip there uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, excellent tip there there must be something he likes that maybe he can say to her yeah yeah I mean I, I, I agree with, with what Barbara's saying here in in the, the core issue which is if it doesn't really work for you it's not working for you but 
I feel what's going on here is that this guy has, pre- has been presented with the problem that he feels he has to resolve. Yeah. That the wife has said, here's a problem, um, or you know, here's something that's not really working for me. And he has gone into problem solving mode. And his, his objective then is to, to fix the thing as opposed to seeing... It's the journey that counts here and not the, the, the destination. destination. Okay. Um, and I think he's, he's been a bit too kind of in earnest. I thought what was noticeable, I mean, I, I did pick up on, the, you know, referring to whatever they were watching as erotic movies and I don't really know what, what that is. Is that like Maeve Binchy's Tower Road? Or, or, <laughs> or, or is it something a little bit softcore? Yeah. Um, There's but, a yoke on Netflix called Sex Life at the moment. That's kind of, you know. Some people might call it call that, again. like, yeah, and I mean, you know, but, but, but yeah, I suppose. And, and ultimately, if something puts your mind in a kind of an erotic space, then whatever that is, is doing the job of creating the erotic atmosphere for you. But in, for couples, it has to be something that, as Barbara pointed out, it has to be something that works together because one of you can't be doing agricultural, you know, sex talk. <laughs> yes. You know, what's that? Is that like, oh, you know, here I am with the silage or yeah. who's taking the horse to France? I, I said horse. I said horse. That's probably what he said. Yeah. I'm taking the horse to France, baby. <laughs> While smearing himself in Kerrygold, of course. Butter is very erotic in my culture. Look, the key of it, though, is that he did mention that they were kind of laughing and enjoying. That's the key to me. I think people taking their sex life too seriously, that it's some kind of like test, is really is a foolish move. Having fun and having a laugh is fine. And if you are doing, you know, dirty talk or, or whatever that talk is, and it's it's kind of making you laugh, that's fine. You know, just keep going. Stopping because you're feeling like you're failing is probably what's killing the mood, as opposed to the fact that you're not able to do some sexy French voice or whatever it is that, <laughs> you know, you think your wife wants to hear. The, the ultimate thing about fantasies is that you never achieve them anyway. You know, even if it's, a mm. you know, some kind of a role-playing fantasy, it's never really going to be what, you know, in your head. But yeah. the whole thing is, is giving something a try, having a laugh with it and enjoying each other's company. And that's basically what, what you should be focusing on as opposed to some idea that you've, you've failed in some way. So I think from that point of view, I think stop thinking you failed because if you're making an effort, you're not failing. Yeah. Okay. So, exactly. you know, he shouldn't be beating himself up. But at the same time, no, their sex oh. life has become rather uh, routine and pedestrian. Yeah. Uh, so that's maybe a common problem they both and have. And I think for some, you know, I think that people might all believe that their sex lives are more adventurous than they really are. And I think there's always going to be somebody who's going to shock you by being a bit more, you know, less vanilla, shall we say. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. So even, you know, but to try to then to, to stretch your, your worldview into a space that you're not comfortable with, I think that's kind of a feels game. I'm not saying that everybody should just, you know, lie back and think of England or whatever it is. Mm. But, but, you know, don't also think that you have to be in... You don't you have know, to swing it out of the chandeliers. Or doing s and bondage, yeah. whatever it is. I mean, you know, whatever it is you're into... Unfortunately, you know, people are most people are a lot less exciting than they think they are. Yes. (laughs) Is it the case, Barbara, that, you know, everyone's sex life becomes a bit more boring and pedestrian after 10 years? So, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also the case, you know, I mean, 
I often think that, you know, using these kind of uh, things that give your sex life a bit of a a boost, if you like, it's a bit like the way we used to use a choke in a car on a frosty morning. It's only to kind of jumpstart you. Off <laughs> <laughs> the choke there, by the way. Exactly. shades of grey for me. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, that's all it's meant to do. It's only meant to get you kind of like, you know, going a bit quicker than revved up. Thank you. That's exactly (laughs) what I'm doing. So I think this guy, like what Declan said, I think he is overthinking it a little bit, you know. Uh, But I do think the fact that he he watched the erotic movie uh, means that he is open to trying new things. So just keep trying and keep experimenting, you know. And as long as you're both consenting to whatever's going on, some things will work and some things won't work. And Mm. some things will make you laugh. And some things will make you go, oh. So, you know, just just keep at it. But he's taken all the responsibility, which he shouldn't be. It's not up to him it's a joint like sex is a joint thing it's a two person thing generally speaking so you both have to be into it and if he wasn't into the sex talk he shouldn't feel bad about that he's just not yeah. into it and but she's put off now because he I think that might be in his head yeah. I'd say that if he said to her look you know the sex talk thing didn't really do it for me couldn't really get my head around it but how about we do whatever as Declan said a fantasy or whatever else yeah, I think she'd be quite open to that as well I don't think she, you know so I think he shouldn't let it inhibit him I yeah. think I think as well because we've often mentioned this point on this on this uh, item as well is that we've talked about the fact that when people feel that their relationship isn't giving them something, we always suggest to the person who's saying that that they should try to inject a little bit of you know blah 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 whatever it is into the relationship. So maybe that rather than looking at it on a superficial level that the wife wants to talk about dirty talk, recognize that what she's saying to you is that she wants a little bit more attention or a little bit more of an effort or a little more of something, something rather than just the, you know, will we do it? Yeah, we won't. Whatever it is, <laughs> whatever way it has been, isn't giving her the spice. So just find some way to be a little bit romantic or a little bit sexy. Yeah, there's a, a lot of people actually texting in who have had a similar experience, certainly in terms of the dirty talk <laughs> and it makes them feel embarrassed. Uh, someone yes. suggests, why not try erotic audio books? It's a great way of getting into the mood, but it's not the main focus. Uh, as the more you get into it, the more it goes into the background. Like you're at a I nail don't know. bar. <laughs> I don't know, though. I mean, it's playing in the background and then suddenly she goes, stop for a minute. I just want to hear this bit. That, that might put you off, I would have thought. Uh, uh, someone's suggesting Mairead Lavery should be here giving advice, given it's agricultural sex that we're talking about. Uh, and uh, someone else suggests that they should go dogging. Uh, it would certainly give them something to talk about. Yes, okay, in court, <laughs> uh, uh, quite possibly. Uh, I've, I've been dating my girlfriend for just over a year now. I'm a big romantic, so I don't mind saying that I'm really madly in love with her. Most of our time together has obviously happened during the pandemic, so there are lots of outdoor meetings and walks. Just the two of us. As things have opened up, we've become more serious. I've started to spend more time at her place. She has a 12-year-old son in and of itself, this is no problem at all. I've known this from the start, but the son is an absolute horror. She's not under any illusion that her kid is an angel or anything, but he certainly treats me with disdain and misbehaves more behind her back. He knows how to wind me up and does it deliberately, like when he goes on about his birth father. I had been thinking that this is the woman I would spend the rest of my life with, and I had been seriously considering proposing. But honestly, the thought of spending even more time with this kid fills me with dread. Obviously, I don't expect her to pick me over her son or anything, but I have a decision to make. What do I do? Ding, ding, ding. Uh, I actually... (laughs) 
think you kind of do think she, you, you want her to pick this, you over the sun because like something like the way he's positioned this um, this whole story with this 12 year old um, as you know he's not your nemesis in some kind of Marvel comic yeah. movie you know he's a child and as you know and he's also the child of somebody who's, who, whose parents have split up and now you're on the scene so there's a whole dynamic going on there he's feeling very similar things to what you're actually feeling as well actually if you think about it he feels uncertain about what's going on with his mom, what the relationship thing is and he knows how to play certain buttons fair play to him um, you know he's doing what he needs to do in order to assert his position within those things now maybe he's, mm. maybe he's being a little bit bratty and you know doing things behind you know his mom's back so his mom doesn't know that he's doing them he, they're just kids like things that kids do um I would have said previously that, look, oh, you know, he's 12. So in a number of years time, he'll be out of the picture and all that. But unfortunately, our economy doesn't, you know, <laughs> doesn't mean that kids are ever going to move out of the house. So it's, you know, it is potentially a long relationship that you're looking to develop with this person and they're going to be around. Um, I think it all comes back down to the same point. He's a child who's acting out based on stuff that's going on in his life. Your job is to... Uh, to recognise, first of all, that he is a child, that he's also the child of the person that you're in a relationship with. So you have a role to play. You're not his birth father and you're not his parent in that way, but you're involved with a parent. And that whole dynamic needs to evolve over time as you become a more uh, regular fixture on on that scene. And until you are that, he has a right to kind of assert his his kind of his space in that picture. Um, I, I'm I'm really wondering. Um, about what what you've you've spoken to his to his mom about, like have you discussed this with her? Because it seems to me that he, he you're you're not being very honest with yourself about what you're really feeling about this thing. The kid is annoying you. The kid is on the scene. You're talking about the, the mother having to make some kind of choice, or you know you don't want to make her to make a choice, but you clearly do want her to make a choice. Um, and that's all a bit that's all a bit juvenile. You need to get over that step because you need to recognise that the kid comes with the territory and that's the whole picture and it isn't necessarily you know as much of a drama as I think you're making it out to be in the state yeah the thing is though Barbara like this kid is just acting perfectly naturally he's acting out there's a new guy coming in he's a bit threatened by it we don't know what kind of relationship we had with his birth father uh, but yeah yeah, you would expect this to happen Absolutely. I mean, I agree with Declan. There's a huge smack of immaturity off this letter. Yeah. You know, who's 12? Him or the, or the, the son? Um, because, yeah, I mean, exactly as you said, this guy is 12 years of age. Besides anything else to do with his family dynamics, he's 12. He's on, you know, he's about to be hit being a teenager. He's very possibly, like the vast majority of teenagers, going to be a nightmare for the next number of years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, your man needs to start thinking about that. I mean, he mentions how he winds this guy up by referring to his birth father, but we don't know, as you said, Sean, like what the relationship is with his father. Does he see his father? Is the father somebody in his life? Uh, because if that is the case, if this, if this couple are kind of co-parenting, if you like, that means that he can kind of stand back, if you like, from the son being a bit of a pain in the ass and just, you know, kind of have nothing to do with it. But if this woman is a single parent who's parenting on her own, um, then he really needs to sit down and have a long chat and a good think about where he's going. Because if she, even though yeah. she only has the one son, that is a family. He is then going to move into this already started family. Mm. Um, and that's 
can be quite a difficult thing to do for everybody uh, concerned. And the only way that you will get through that is by having an open and honest conversation with his mum. If he's serious about committing, as in what does she want him to be in her son's life? Does she want him to be, if they decide to, to, as I say, get married or whatever, does she want him to be the dad, you know, the person who's, you know, in charge and disciplining along with her? Or what kind of role does she see? Is it more a kind of an uncle role that she would like him to have? Um, because if he's going to be involved in a kind of more of a parenting kind of way with her, the next few years are going to be very challenging. I mean, teenagers can be hard to love even when they're your own. <laughs> so, you know, not being, you know, not being related can make it even more challenging. I'm not sure that this guy, judging by his letter, is really ready for any of that. I would, you know. <laughs> uh, so at the very least, I would say to him, he needs to think about this mm. and then he needs to, if he's if he does love this woman and if he does want to spend her life, because remember with kids, all phases are transient. Do you know, like this will last a couple of years and then it'll be gone. Whereas, <laughs> and if this is the woman you want to spend your life, I don't mean gone out of the house, I mean, yeah, you'll become yeah. normal again. Um, but if you do want to spend the rest of your life with this woman, um, then you need to really have a think about the next few years and if you're up for it and if you can handle it. And then you need to yeah. have a conversation with her. I know it's not very romantic. I know probably in your head you have an idea going down on one knee and surprising her. But before you go there, you need to have a chat with her about the what what um, and how the dynamic would work between you and be very open and honest about that. Yeah, you really need to have that chat. Orla says, my kids yeah. did this for years. My now husband had to get over it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and, and they get over it too because they have something to get over. Uh, but exactly. I still think that the, the the kid and the the guy who wrote the letter in have more in common than he might that he might actually recognise because they're both dealing with the same thing the uncertainty about a new you know new frontier relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the uh, the whole agricultural dirty talk oh, thing seems to have captured people's imaginations. Number one Great. fan says that sounds like my ploughing championships. Drive it like you're late for mass. T-shirt <laughs> might not have the desired effect. <laughs> And the opposite effect, uh, Pauline, who was laughing so much, she got, she got her husband to text these in. I'm ploughing your golden veil. Jesus, your McGillicuddy reeks, which is less complimentary, yes. I would have thought. Ooh, Ooh. Pauline, what's wrong with you? Uh, right, we do have to take a break. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on Newstalk. Uh, coming up after that, my husband kisses the kids on the lips. 53106 is our text number that will cost you uh, 30 cents. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on Newstalk. Barbara and Declan are, are still with us. One of the questions that uh, they dealt with beforehand uh, is from a man who's been dating this woman. He, he really loves her, uh, but she has a 12-year-old son. Uh, now, a lot of their relationship was carried out in lockdown, so it was just the two of them. Uh, but now he's had more contact with the 12-year-old. The 12-year-old seems to be acting out a bit. Uh, this texter says, oh my goodness, I think you may have gotten this wrong. The 12-year-old may very well be led by the previous partner. I saw this happening in a relationship with a man. Any new girlfriend he brought to the house, his daughter was poisoned to them. And I believe that came from the mother. That could be the case, mm. but but, we don't, but we're kind of surmising there. Uh, so, you know, somebody else just says... Ah, yeah, but what if the kid is really, really, really annoying? If that's just, <laughs> that's just 
if that's just the case, then, then, you know, game over, my friend. Have you not met children? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, Right. uh, Next question. My husband and I have three children. Our daughters are eight and four and our son is five. My husband has developed a habit of kissing them goodnight on the lips. I have to say I find is a very strange tendency. I'm not comfortable with it. My two youngest are used to it, but my eight-year-old daughter has told me in confidence that she's starting to find it weird. I know my husband is doing it out of affection. His mother is constantly kissing him goodbye, but at least that's on the cheek. I mentioned it in passing before that. I think it's disgusting when parents do that, but he laughed it off and said he's just a proud dad. I think I need to put the foot down, but does he have the right to do it if he wants to? Barbara, does he? Uh, no Uh, I mean this is a tricky one and it's a very simple one at the same time it's very tricky to declare something you know to be either right or wrong when it is motivated uh, you know from a place of love and affection and and probably pride in his kids but it's very simple when you change your perspective and look at it from the case from the from the viewpoint of the children and this eight-year-old has expressed uh, to her mother her discomfort about it And as she gets older, I'm sure that feeling will just intensify rather than abate in any way. So that's the answer. If if the child, regardless of what age, is uncomfortable, it has to stop. Mm -hmm. End of story. My problem here is that the the mother in this case, using the kind of language she's using, is totally unhelpful. Um, In other words, saying it's disgusting and she needs to put her foot down is completely over the top mm. um and that's her stuff like that's her whatever mad notion she has about it uh, but i think the decision here is a very clear-cut one based on the fact that the daughter no longer consents to being kissed on the lips she doesn't want to be kissed on the lips she is quite entitled to say that um and so therefore as the mother has been told this in confidence she has to uh obviously relay this to the father and ensure that he doesn't break that confidence. In other words, it's not the father cannot go back to the child and interrogate them as to why they feel uncomfortable or anything like that. He should just stop. Um, and that should be the end of it. So in actual fact, it, to me, this is very straightforward. Um, the child is uncomfortable, therefore it stops. End yeah. of story. Yeah, I, OK, I, I agree with largely with most of what you said. And that, that kind of was my answer. But as you were talking, something just popped into my head, which is which is the, the convenience. I heard that. Yeah, I, I took a deep... It, breath to signify my displeasure <laughs> there's another one Barbara um, oh, it's, the, it's the idea that the mother can share with the husband something that the daughter ha- said to her in confidence that just happens to match with the pre-existing feeling that the mother has that the, the, the father now has to follow in other words the, the, the mother here was already kind of not into something and now she's saying well you know the 8 year old told me in confidence that she doesn't like it either um, and now you have to do my thing, which I think is a bit, it's a bit awkward and it's a bit, um, it's a bit, it's a bit convenient for the mother's side of that particular argument. Mm. However, I, I do think that when it comes down to, you know, showing affection with your children, their ability to um, create physical boundaries around themselves and their bodies is very hard because you're the big adult and they're the kid and they don't even have the language or the, or, or the philosophical kind of, comprehension to be able to say I don't like this because um, so yeah I agree with Barbara about that that the, the boundaries are the issue and as a child gets older definitely um, you know you have to give them that space so they'll end up taking it um, but but that might be in a way that's kind of grumpy and, and not very mm. satisfactory for your relationship so I think that the, the dad should just be a bit aware that 
Kissing kids on the lips is a bit strange anyway. Isn't yeah, it? I, well, I mean, I, I think a lot of parents would do a kiss on the lips, but you reach a natural end to it, as yeah. Barbara said. Yeah. Especially if you're a dad with a daughter, you reach a yeah, point where no, naturally no, you you're not bringing go. them to the toilet anymore, yeah. you're not dressing them, and all those yeah. kind of things. Uh, yeah, exactly. what strikes, actually, what strikes me as odd is that an eight-year-old can't say to her father, I don't want you to do that anymore. That's yeah, I weird. Do, I, yeah. I don't think that's weird at all. I think that the eight-year-old is possibly quite sensitive to the fact that she knows the dad is not doing it for anything other than, you know, he's being affectionate mm. and she doesn't want to hurt his feelings. Sure. So the easiest way is to say it to mom in the hope that mom will say it to dad, even though she's told her in confidence. Which is she where... wants mom to fix it. And so I think that is is very understandable. And as long um, as it was, Barbara, the mother that brought it up first, uh, sorry, the daughter that brought it up first, because if it was the mother saying... You know the way that daddy kisses you on the lips? Does that bother you? That's a different thing. And that's what I was kind of alluding to earlier on, where I was a bit uncomfortable about that part of it. Yeah, no, I I hear that. But I do think you have to give them the benefit of the doubt in this case. We're never going to know for sure. So Mm. I think, you know, we have to err on the side of respecting the child's wishes in this case, Uh, which, as, as Sean said, you know, she has reached this point of saying, no, I'm not happy with you doing this anymore and therefore it has to stop. It's very clear. I think that's but I the wish lesson, the mother yeah. would drop the attitude of like putting her foot down and thinking it's disgusting. <laughs> that's not helpful at all yeah. uh, in any way. And that's only just going to polarise the whole thing even further. Yeah. So I think if the mother can bury all those feelings that she has, which are, I don't know where they're coming from, but bury all of that and just be able to say to the husband in confidence, look, she's not comfortable. So maybe, you know, kiss her on the cheek instead of the lips. It shouldn't yeah. be a big deal. It should be not a big deal. And certainly it should not be brought back to the child in any way to be interrogated. Oh, no, absolutely not. Though I still maintain yeah. as a, as a, a father of multiple daughters, uh, they never had any problem saying no to me about everything. Uh, I never considered my feelings for a second. Uh, odd thing, though, I do remember one day several years ago seeing somebody I knew in, in uh, uh, the centre of town uh, with his mother, obviously, and they were saying goodbye and they kissed each other on the lips. Like, and he'd be in his 30s and thinking, ooh. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know why. Oh, I mean, it's no harm. Well. Which is which is also the bit. Obviously, to me, that seems like you know a, a bridge too far. But I would definitely hug and kiss my mom. And I, whereas the letter writer here seemed to even find that to be to be weird and strange. So I think there's definitely an element of of expressing emotion and 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 intimacy there that the 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 father is much more comfortable than the mother is. And it would be a shame that if her kind of let's call it repressions were to to be fed onto the children because she wasn't uncomfortable, you know, with whatever. So I think there's a, there's a kind of a, she's kind of right, but he's kind of right thing going on yeah, here for yeah. me. Uh, yeah, because somebody's texting to say, is it strange though? My partner's family all tell each other they love each other every day. I was brought up in an Irish ca- as an Irish Catholic. So I think that's icky and the work of the devil. <laughs> different people have different family cultures. That is true. Uh, uh, that, that is very true. Uh, right, very a lot true. of, a lot of uh, uh, children or grandchildren uh, themed questions today. I'm a 66-year-old grandmother of three grandkids who all belong to my daughter. We live within 10 minutes walk of each other and we're really like one big family, to be honest. I take the kids most days and my daughter picks them up after work. However, I'm starting to dread them coming over. It's not easy to admit that, but I feel like I've already been a mother and now I'm having to do it all over again. The mess, the noise, the spills, the baths, the tantrums. It just all gets too much for me. Sometimes I just recently retired. I'd love to be able to try new things, travel more and enjoy my time. But my daughter is under financial pressure and I wouldn't like to leave her in the lurch. I just don't know what to do. 
Poor thing. Yeah, this, this one has a, a similarity with the last one in this, in that it's about boundaries. It's about uh, what somebody needs to or needs not to do within the confines of a, of a, of a family relationship without making it seem like that, that their relationship is broken up or whatever. The daughter here is obviously under a lot of pressure with, you know, with the kids and, you know, I don't personally know but I've heard enough about it to know that it's overwhelming. <laughs> Isn't that right, Barbara? Um, but, the thing ah! is, <laughs> but the reality oh, yeah. of it is, as Barbara often says, is that once you've been through that whole thing <laughs> once, you know, you don't have to do it all over again just because your kids are having kids. You do have the right to say, you know, as Maxine, the American uh, politician, I reserve my time. I reserve my time. <laughs> you know, you're, you, you're, you've the, this woman has the right to 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 do to enjoy her retirement. What she needs to do is she needs to communicate her needs in a way that you know is clear to her daughter. Whether her daughter accepts that or not is not her responsibility. Her only responsibility is to say. I've been through this once before. I raised you. I have now got to a stage in my life where I'm wanting to slow down or experience other things. I'm going to do that with part of my time. And when I have time available, I'm going to give it to you because I know that you need it. That's as far as I can go with this. Yeah. That's it. Full stop. Yeah. Which is all very fine and well, but like the, the, the daughters, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, if you're seeing your kid financially pressed because of childcare... Yeah. It's very hard to say that to them, yeah, you know. I know, uh, but, you put, it's, but it, it's that thing of like, it's the thing of like, you either do what's best for you or you're constantly giving to other people in a way that they may or may not entirely respect and value. And that's ultimately self-defeating. And it's a yeah. very, yeah. you know, you just need to say it. If it turns out that the, the daughter comes back and says X, Y, Z plus plus, 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 and then you have a an emotional kind of change of heart or perspective grand. But, you know, at least you've at some point communicated that you're, you're making some kind of a, you're doing a thing because just sitting, going ahead and doing it all the time without, you know, expressing your own needs is, is not really going to be a thing. Yeah. Barbara? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, well, first of all, I think I'm very glad that this woman wrote this letter because I think she's highlighted something that is really important and is an issue that a huge number of grandmothers face. And it is a very, very difficult one. Now, at this point, I could go off on a rant about how this all stems from the fact that our society, the patriarchy, places absolutely no importance or value on the work of minding children, which is why we have such a broken childcare system that doesn't work and is not fit for purpose. I'm glad you didn't go on that rant there. Yeah, <laughs> I got part of that. Oh, there's more. Oh, there's more. There's way more. That's only the touch of the iceberg. But I mean, the base, the basic problem, the basic thing is that minding children is work, and it is difficult mm. work. Um, and you know, I agree with a lot of what Declan says. This woman, and I mean, it's one of the few advantages of having my grandchildren in Australia is that I've never had to confront this issue yeah. myself because I could only imagine how difficult it would be. Um, but the fact of the matter is that this woman is in retirement she doesn't there is no duty or no unwritten law that says because of the shortfalls of society and government that grandmothers or grandfathers have have to step in have to step into that breach because that's totally unfair Um, and I I always remember when I had my eldest daughter I was 25 my mother was just 50 and I remember and I was on my own and I was living at home and I remember her saying to me look I'll give you all the help and support I can but I'm not childminding on a full time basis end of story and I remember at the time being a bit shocked and a bit like oh Jesus poor me I'm a single parent and you know oh God but she was absolutely right Um, and I think that you know for this woman 
I think, again, that the whole cliche about, you know, if you're on the aircraft, putting on your own oxygen mask first before you tend to everybody else. She has now got to look after herself um, and she is now entitled to her time to do whatever it is she wants to do. And she mentions about wanting to try new things and enjoy her time and maybe go traveling. So I think she starts by starting to reduce the amount of time that she's available for the daughter. Um I mean, I know the daughter is financially pressed and she doesn't want to hang around to dry. But at the same time, sometimes you have to be very pragmatic about things like this and go, you can't change the daughter's financial situation completely. Mm. And you need to look after yourself to be of any use to your daughter at all. So therefore, start by reducing the amount of time you're available to do childcare. Book those trips. Book that course if you want to learn how to draw or paint or write or whatever it is you want to do. Do all of those things. And then, I mean, I think you more or less said this, Declan, you know, if you have other time, then by all means say to your daughter, look, I'm around on Tuesday. You know, do you want me to take the kids on Tuesday? But I think it's also very easy for young parents to think that your mommy's there. Like, she's not doing anything. She's yeah, there all day. Yeah. She loves having the kids. She, what else would she be doing? <laughs> yeah. She'd be doing lots of things, let me tell you. She'd be off on an agricultural dirty talk course. That's what she'd <laughs> exactly, be doing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I would, you know, so, you know, I would also say to younger uh, uh, couples you know granny doesn't always want to have the kids and it's very it's not that she doesn't love them or love you or you know want to help but she also needs to have her own time um and to look after herself a little bit so i i'm glad this woman brought it up it's very it's really really important but it's also really important that she she does what might seem difficult to do but it's important she does it and she should take the horse to france she shouldn't eat. Take the horse to France, Mrs. Barbara and Declan. herself and dairy goes. Yes, yes. It's a, a joy as ever. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, okay. well, you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.